Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won the grand final. He's got the ball. Jared Welcome back to Supercoach Corner with the Rugby League Guru, brought to you by Moneyball, Australia's favourite fantasy daily sports platform. I'm joined once again today by my good mate Nutty from the Weekly Rubdown. Nutty, what is doing? G'day, Guru. What's going on, brother? Not too much. We had our draft the other night. How'd you how'd you fare up? What happened? Yeah, it was um it was pretty tense, pretty hectic. It was hard for for me because obviously I had Walker as well, and he has to chime in with his opinions. Had him on the phone, telling him what picks were coming, what picks were going. It was a fucking nightmare, but we got through it. If you had to captain and VC both of you, who, who who's the El Capitano, the skipper? I'm, I'm always the captain, Guru. Big C next to him. Get that right. Not the first time you've been called a big C, and not the last, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's have a look. Our tactics. Now, I was pick four. I believe you were pick six. That's us, mate. Yeah, so our approach was a little bit different. Where, where I was sitting at pick four, I ended up with two options. I could either take Tao Malolo or Tom Trevojevic. I ended up going Tom Trevojevic, which is a bit of a gamble because we are playing in a non-captain league. So Tao Malolo was probably the safer bet, but I just thought if Tommy Turbo's fit, I just I just couldn't leave him on, on the board at four. How did your situation end up to start your draft? Yeah, mate. Well, obviously, you sleeping on Tom Alolo sort of opened the door a little bit. And I can't begrudge Turbo. I mean, he's a game-breaker if he's if he's fit. He could win you every game that he plays, do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think that's a good pick from you. But then we had the playbook, the SC playbook, picking after you. And I had every intention of taking Ponga. Ponga's the clear six. I think that was a unanimous thing out there, but I was wrong. The playbook reached and took Cameron Smith which flipped our strategy on its head. Now I had a decision to make, or we had a decision to make, out of Ponga and Tom Alolo. Great problem to be um, in. So, as you said before, it's a uh, non-captain's league. So just that consistency of Tom Alolo and what he's going to bring with that 75 to 80 average, we went with Tom Alolo, and that was our first pick. It's a classic example of just draft is based on instinct. You can do as much homework as you want, but like there's not a hope in hell you would have done homework on Taumal- on picking Taumalolo at number six, but you've just got to be ready for those curveballs, don't you? No way. It literally changed our whole draft um, from that point on. So, But it had to be done. You've got to jump on value. Without a doubt. Let's go through our next, uh, our top four picks. So I went turbo. I then jumped on Ryan Madison, pick two. I got Maddo thinking I just want a really good base man with a high ceiling. I'm sure he's going to score some uh, meat pies this year. And then my next two picks, I I didn't expect Johnny Bateman to get re- to get back to me at pick three. Um, you know, if you read injury reports, he's out till round seven or eight. I'm confident he's back round four. The bloke is the Terminator. And I went Appy Curacao because, you know, I probably went a little bit overs on Appy, but Based on where I think he's going to finish, I think I've got good value there. What were your thoughts on my top four, Turbo, Madison, Bateman, and Appy? 
Yeah, mate. Look, Turbo's great pick. Maddo, you've you've got to go, Maddo. There. Um, you and I were sort of left with just the um, elite two RFs in our second round. So I went Murray, you went Maddo, and I think they're great picks at that that point in the draft. Bateman, you can't you can't let Bateman go past you in round three. It's pretty simple. And like you said, he'll come back, and I don't think he'll he'll miss a beat. Uh, and then Happy Corusel, I do think you reached for him, but in the same sentence, I'm on board with you that, yeah, he could probably average 60 this year. And if that's true, uh, then round four is perfect. To be honest, I probably reached on Appy because I knew that you'd be interested in him too. I wasn't sure if you'd go Appy or if you'd wait to get Reed Mahoney later, but it was a risk I wasn't willing to take. So I just jumped on Appy at that point, which sometimes you've got to, you know, you've got to back your gut in and go overs on blokes if you think you're actually going to get value for those overs, don't you? A hundred percent. We saw uh, me and Walker. We said it time and time again in our preseason podcast. If you believe in a bloke, reach for him. Don't worry about where you see value or what. If you believe that they're going to have a great season, that they're going to increase their average, then you shouldn't have a problem reaching for him. Because at the end of the day, when you look back on your draft at the end of the season. You look. You might go. That was fucking average. Great pick. Yeah. You you've just got to back your gut in, don't you? Hundred percent. And that sort of forced um, our hand because you're right. We were looking at Appy, and it forced our hand to reach for Mahoney in round five. So you sort of called my bluff on that one. Run me through your first four picks. All right, man. So obviously we've covered Lolo at one massive value, and then I did touch on Murray. So in the prison, I was. Bigger on Madison, I had Madison above Murray just because of that uncertainty with him moving to an edge. But seeing him play in the trials on that edge really impressed me. And I do like Murray's upside more than Ryan Madison's. I think Maddo's probably a more consistent player, but I think Murray, if it clicks at the bunnies on the edge, I think he's got more chance on that left side to have a bigger upside. So that's the gamble we took, more upside with Murray. Uh, Then we didn't. I mean, we start panic stations start happening here because we don't have a spine player at all. So, and we didn't expect Luke Keary to slip to us in the third. So, at pick 26, we picked Keary. Um, I'm bi- I was big on Keary. I think the Roosters are his team now, and I think he can average 65 plus for 2020. And then for our fourth pick was a bit of a gamble um, on TKO. Uh, so, the reasoning behind that is the goal kicking. I think even without the goal kicking, he could probably average 60, which is still bang on value in round four. But if he gets the goal kicking, that's 10 points on his average. He could be averaging 70. So if that gamble works out, that's huge. Yeah, I've said it a few times on my page. I can see him goal kicking for the first few weeks, but I eventually see Flanagan once he's settled taking the tee off him. But you're right, even without the kicking, it's just one of those explosive front rowers. He's, he's just a premier uh, for footballer now, isn't he? Oh, he, he is incredible. Exactly. And, mate, like I said, 60 points. You'll take that to the bank. And, yeah, you you are right. I think they sort of ease Flanagan in. Um, don't want to put too much pressure on him. Just focus on the X's and O's and getting the uh, the Roosters game plan down pat. Um, and then once he sort of gets a bit of confidence in the system, he'll probably start taking over the goal kicking. But it's only going to take a few misses and then – you know, TKO takes back over. So I think it's a gamble worth having. I think when we talk tactics and I listen to you talk through your first four, like I think the main difference that I had, I left my spine players, except for Turbo and um, Appy, but like I left my halves till the very end. I waited till the very end to get my halves and my front rowers just because I, you know, for front rowers, I look at them and I go, uh, you know, I can go round one to five and get a 60-point front rower. I can get a 50-point front rower in round 10 to round 17. So I sort of left those guys to the end. Did you go any other um, front rowers? We had a big fuck up in round eight. Like the whole problem with talking to Walker on the phone, trying to get him caught up with what's happening in the draft. Um, I missed my eighth pick and auto drafted JWH. Now JWH at round eight is Still massive value. I think he averages high 50s, uh, but I don't want both props um, from the Roosters. Um, I'm pretty happy to have Jared um, anyway. I'm mates with him, so it's good to have him in my team, but um, just hard to have both props from the Roosters. Doesn't make life easy, but, you know, when when you made that pick, I sort of thought, what on earth is he doing? But then I went back and looked at his stats, and, you know, it's, it really wasn't a bad round eight pick. It's just the fact that you have got the two chooks, isn't it? 
Exactly. Yeah, that's the only thing. Like, if I didn't have TKO and I auto-drafted JWH in eight round, I'd be, I'd be laughing. I'd be like, wow, that auto-draft actually worked out really well. Now, tell me, who did you get really good value for in the draft? Could be one or two or three guys that you thought, wow, really nailed that, especially after Team List came out yesterday. Who were they? Okay, mate. Look, I, I do think Kiri is value in round three, but he's probably not massive value. Um, what have we got here? I think our last two picks of the draft, so in round 16 and 17, are both value picks. We got Tyrone Peachy, who's now named at center for the Titans. Uh, so we got him at pick 155, and we also got Corey Thompson at pick 166, who's now named at fullback for the Tigers, which I think is huge value. Yeah, for sure. If Do, do, do you think he holds on to that jersey? I think he's the favoured fullback. I think it would take a pretty big fuck-up from him for them to um, take him out of there. Um, otherwise they would have given Dewey the spot straight away. Do you not think that Dewey coming into preseason a bit later could maybe just delay his run at fullback, or are you feeling pretty confident there? It's always it's always uh, an issue. And, I mean, Dewey probably wants to play fullback, and it's probably has been said when they were in contract negotiations for him to play fullback. Um, but to be honest, at pick 16, I don't really care what happens now because it's mate, they're throwaway picks, that 16, 17. So at the moment, it's massive value. Even if I get six games at Corey Thompson at fullback, I'm laughing. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I, I I had four guys that I was reasonably happy with. I got Braden Burns at round eight, which I was pretty happy with. If he stays fit, I think Braden Burns is one of the best supercoach centers around. His base stats are huge, and he's going to be on that really dangerous edge for the Rabbitohs. He's going to be outside. Walker with Latrell with Cameron Murray. I, I I think it could be really dangerous for him on that side. What are your thoughts it's on a, Burns? It's arousing that left edge, isn't it? It yeah. really is. Like I got movement. Just you talking about the blokes that are on that left edge. That is going to fire up at some stage in this season, and it is going to be fucking humming. So having anyone on that left edge is a big play. Um, now both of us have someone on that left edge, and I love Burns. He's um he's a great player, real life and super coach. Obviously a little bit of um, worry with that hamstring, but you obviously have got no issues picking blokes that are under injury cl- clouds, so it wasn't an issue for you. I love taking a punt on injury. I think there's huge value Mate. there. Mate, you don't have to tell me. The other one I got, which, um, you know, he comes with a bit of risk too because it depends what side of the bed Mary McGregor wakes up on, was um, Jordan Pierre. I got him round 10. I had him last year, and he he's just a base stat monster, isn't he? He is. I, I do like Pereira. Um, it's always a worry with the Dragons' attack. It can be clunky at times, and I, I really wasn't impressed with their form over the preseason at all. But you're right, he is going to be that base, that guy. He's, he's, um, his attacking base is really good. So even if they aren't attacking that well, um, he's going to get you sort of that 35, 40 points every game. And if you're getting him at round 10, that's value, man. The other guy that I managed to get in every draft I was in, uh, I think I was the only one that was high on him, apparently, um, Herman SASA, I got him round 16 and he's been named in the 13 jersey, which is like Christmas come early for me. He's dual position. I'd be expecting 55 to 60 points a week from him if he's starting at 13. What are your thoughts on SASA? Yeah, great player. Uh, another one that really passes the eye test and it does translate well to super coach. Um, and yeah, kiss on the dick, mate, if he's playing lock and you got him at um, in round 15. You had a couple of really good gambles that worked out. SASA was one of them. CHT in round nine. That's a nice gamble that's worked out. He should be kicking for the uh, the Warriors. I actually had a pun on him in one of my other leagues, so I'm cheering about that. Yeah, so you had had a couple of really good moves um, that that's panned out after TLT. Well, you'll be happy to know on CHT, I got fantastic value there, but then I had a couple of bourbons that night and got some cold feet, and he's back on the waiver. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, We're about to launch into our regrets, and I think that's probably one of my big ones. I ended up trading him out. fucking idiot. Yeah, look, um, it's not in my top thousand stupidest fucking things I've done, (laughs) but it's right up there with them. Uh, When I saw him named yesterday, the heart sunk a little bit, but you can't win them all, but it'd be good to win a few more, wouldn't it? Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's things that you just can't – predict like maybe Ockenball, which we drafted uh you're not you're not banking on him taking some high school girls home so mate you've just got to roll with the punches 
for sure. Uh, the last two guys that I got decent value with that I always like to have these sort of guys in my sides. They're not everyone's um, cup of tea was Orbison and Alex Glenn, who are dual position second row um, and center wing. And, you know, in their teams, they'll each of them will play 60-plus minutes in the second row, in my opinion, and I'm just going to plug them at center wing, and it just saves me an issue for the rest of the year. How do you feel about those guys? I don't mind it um, with the team that you sort of built because you've got a lot of upside players. Um, so it's not a bad strategy to just have some base in there as well, um, just to shore up those points. Whereas in our team, the rub down, we've sort of gone for a really solid team with, and it, we don't have a lot of upside players, but we've got, you know, Murray, Tom Malolo in the backs. We've got, um, Kemba Marlowe and Wonga Blake. So um, a lot of base there. Sort of banking on that if we come up a te- up against a team where their upside players don't click, we're going to get the win. Now, mate, in my other draft comp, I think over the last five years, four of the guys that have won the premiership, they've happened to have Wonga Blake in their team. And it's become, become a bit of a special player in our comp that whoever's got Wonga Blake, they seem to win the premiership every year. So there's probably no other comp in Australia where he's valued higher than in my other draft comp. Well, I love that. I'll take that every day of the week. He, um, I had him one year, four or five years ago when he was playing for Penrith and he, he scored a hundred in the grand final and, and he's done it two or three times. And, you know, I, I'm not overly keen on him this year, but geez, he's paid some dividends in my, um, in my other comp. He, he's like a God over there. Well, it was an easy one for me. There's, there's certain edges in, in the NRL that you want a part of, you know. So the Warriors' left edge is just so dominant in that side. So getting Ken Mamalo there, also a massive base beast, that's a tick. The Manly Seagulls, their right edge is super dominant, and Ruben Garrick is one of DCE's favourite targets and obviously kicking goals as well. So we got him. So, yeah. Getting those edges and then Parramatta. I mean, the right edge is one of the sexiest edges in the game. And then Virgo was gone. You took Matto. So Wonga Blake's there. Um, we took him and thought, you know, there's a lot of points to be shared around there. And he's in for some tries this year for sure. What is the rubdown's biggest regret of the draft? So I think the biggest regret for us is we took Reed Mahoney in five and Mitch Pierce at six. And... I think we could have moved Mahoney down to six and Pierce to seven and still pick them up. And then we could have slipped in in round five, a Gutho or a CNK. But because we reached on Mahoney and Pierce, Gutho and CNK were gone. And that way, and then we had to pick up Norman as our fullback. So Norman's probably our worst player that we don't really like in our side. Uh, we did pick up, Corey Norman in round 10, which is value, but I just still don't like him in my team. I don't, I, I'm not big on the Dragons, and I just don't think, I mean, he might get us 50 points a game, but I don't see him getting much more than that. But I think if we had to push those two picks down to six and seven and slotted Gutho in, our team looks a lot better. I guess so, with the, with the nines in the NRL, you sort of, when you're picking a hooker, you've either got to go early or happy to cop someone at the very end. That's a huge punt. And realistically, there's only probably seven or eight um, hookers in the NRL you actually want in your supercoach team. And I think we took we took Appy and Jazz in back-to-back rounds. So there was two of them off the board. I think you sort of had to reach on, uh, on Reed Mahoney to make sure you got a nine, to be honest with you. Hundred percent. So you took Appy at thirty-seven, and then Tavago at forty-four. So they both of those guys are gone before we've picked a hooker. So you really forced our hand to get Mahoney at that point because we wanted one of those guys, Appy, Tavago, and Mahoney. So when you took uh, Appy and Jazz, it was like fuck. Right, we've got to get Reed now, and so that how we're, um, we're happy. I'm big on Reed Mahoney. I think he's. His solid 52 average from last year is is that's his very base, his very lowest. That's his floor, and I think he's got a more attacking game in him for 2020. It's not the first time you've rushed to a hooker, I bet. Oh look, and I've paid overs for him too, so don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm sure you have. I have no doubt whatsoever. <laughs> Probably not on a Thursday night before. I hope not. Yeah, anyway, just just rage for him, get it done. If you believe, you believe. Get it Love out of the it. way before you go out, and that way you don't have to worry about it. Let's uh let's dive into the team list for this week. So our first game, Parramatta and Canterbury. Who are the Supercoach relevant players you're looking at here? 
if we look at how the dogs went last year, their edges were terrible. Obviously, coming into the um, round one of 2020 with turmoil already, uh, I think the Eels put a fucking special on the dogs this weekend. Get all over them, 13+. plus. Uh, the edges for the Eels are going to be um, are, are the go here. I love Mako Sivo up against Nick Meany. Nick Meany will be having nightmares tonight about this and at the end of the game he's going to have some handprints on his chest believe it so if you've got maker sivo it's a vice captain heaven he's got a pretty tough night at the office ahead doesn't he big time i mean what does it mean anyway like 80 kilos dripping wet yep he is going to get pumped what about um what about moses you seen a big game from mitch to kick off the season he'll be in everything so Whenever you think the Eels are going to go well, um, so Eels 13+, plus, I mean, Moses is going to be in absolutely everything. Um, and that right edge, I mean, he's got some weapons there. Short ball to Maddo, cut out ball to Wonga Blake or kick in the air for Fergo. I mean, do what you want on that right edge. It's going to be points, 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 baby. Uh, Sivo and Madison are screaming first try scorer to me. Oh, mate, Sivo, I'm, I've already put it on. Plus, Sivo, first try scorer. Had not to. Let's move on to the next game. We've got uh, Canberra Raiders versus the Gold Coast Titans down in Canberra. Um, interesting game for me. I, I'm i looking forward to seeing how Canberra shape up this year. A lot of changes there. Um, I think they'll have the defense to still get the job done. I'm tipping they win ugly. What are we expecting to see from Georgie Williams? Yeah, I'll be watching him closely. Um, I wasn't too impressed with his trial performance, but early, early days, of course. Uh, I actually like the left edge for the Raiders in this one. I think the Titans' right edge defense um, is lacking some potency and and some cohesion there. So Jack White and Croker, they're going to have a fantastic game there on the left. Um, And I think it's an easy win for the Raiders. Get one out of the way early in 2020. How do you see uh, Bailey Simonson going this year? I've seen a lot of people including him in their in their classic team as a mid-range pricey. How do you see him going this year? Yeah, he's um like him. I do like him. He does pass the eye test um, in real life football. Um, he's got a great footy head in him. He's not scared to get in there and do the tough work. So you could do worse. And uh, I just think Raiders are going to be quite good this year. So he'll be the beneficiary of some t- tries for sure. Is it, um, isn't Jai Arrow going to do some work this year? Oh, they're going to flog him. Oh, they're going to flog him. I mean, if you've, if you've picked him, I think you're in for some great scores. But the problem is him mate, making the whole season because he's in for some work. Yeah, I'd be a little bit nervous if I was uh, South Sydney getting him next year because he could just be a broken man, couldn't he? Yeah, so he's going to have a massive season for the Titans, doing a lot of work in the middle, and he's going to play um, State of Origin as well. So the poor bloke, he's going to be fucked at the end of this year. What are your thoughts on the centre, Callum Watkins? I don't think I've seen a less impressive centre in my life. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, it's Boresville, isn't it? Um, I Look, I've got, I really don't have an opinion on him. Um, I'll have to wait and see and um, see how he goes in the regular season. But, oh, mate, I've got nothing positive or negative to to say about him, he's just vanilla. I can't believe he's in the team over um, Brian Kelly. That's that that's knocked me for six. That's ludicrous. That is dead set ludicrous. I mean, if you just look at the super coach scores that Kelly put up last year, he was the only one doing anything in that back line. So to omit him over this Watkins character, oh mate, I I've got no idea what's happening. Yeah, I'm loving um, Jared Croker taking on um, Callum Watkins. I think who I'm pretty sure it's Croker on his side. Whoever Callum Watkins is marking up against, there is try opportunity there, big time. They they could be a sneaky little uh, um, VC option this week. Let's go to the Queensland Derby kicking off in Townsville at their brand new stadium. Really cracking game here. We've got the return of Val Holmes. We've got Jack Bird starting at one. Um, who do you like in this game? Hey, this is the game of the round. This is going to be fantastic. I can't wait for this one. I think I think the Broncos are up for a massive game, um, and I think the Cowboys have got a lot to play for. Obviously, it's kicking off that new stadium up there. They're going to want to put a good show in for their fans. This could be an absolute cracker. 
it's going to be one in the middle third of the field. It's going to be a big pop bopper game. It's going to be all about the pigs. So David Fafita and Tavita Pangoa Jr. on the edges there are going to really worry the Cowboys. You've got David Fafita. He's going to be running straight at drink water. I think he's going to have a really tough day at the office. Um, and then you've got... Pangoy Jr., who's he going to be running at? Uh, Esan Masters. So Esan Masters um, is known for some of his defensive frailties, making some poor decisions. So that's where I see the upside for the Broncos being. It's either going to be those two putting on the points, scoring the tries, or they're just going to attract a lot of defenders and leave those, you know, Tony Staggs, Darius Boyd, Corey Oates, and Arthurs open and ready just to dive over the line. The other spot defender that I'll be looking at in the Cowboys' side is Cohen Hess. Um, he made it into origin a few years ago and had a few cracking seasons because he's such a great ball runner. But in defense, he, he is very average in my opinion. Well, that's it. So he's he'll be on the right edge. So, yeah, and Broncos love their left edge attack with Anthony Milford. And then you've got TPJ and obviously Darius Boyd and Corey Oates. So there's going to be a lot of points scored down that edge. Um, and you're right, they're just not going to know where to go and what decision to make in defence because there's going to be so much attacking prowess coming straight at them. Just like to point out here, about 15 seconds after we stopped our recording, uh, the news came in of Jack Bird's injury. So obviously this take Jack takes Jack Bird out of round one, and we're not quite sure when he's going to come back. We're going to have to wait for the scans to come back in, but it'll move Isako into fullback. So if Isako is sitting on your waiver wire, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably too late, but he's definitely an option in draft, and especially in classic now too. You'd assume he'd take the goal kicking, and uh, with him running around at fullback, maybe for an extended period, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, if he plays well, who knows? Jack Bird might not get that spot back. So uh, a spot worth watching there. Uh, Knights versus Warriors from Newcastle. Run me through that game. What do you like? Yeah, it's it's hard to sort of pick this one because you don't know what Knights team's going to turn up. And you don't know what... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Warriors team is going to turn up because, I mean, the Warriors in the past, I mean, their defense leaks points like my super coach account leaks funds. Uh, so... I like the Knights. I like them at home. They usually start the season well. And if I was going to put put up any matchups, I do like the left edge of the Knights with Kalen Ponga sweeping around there and attacking David Fusatua and just seeing what sort of defensive decisions he makes. Obviously, it's a new position for him um, and that cohesion on that um, that right edge defense is going to be a little bit clunky to start the season. So... Kalen Ponga having the footy IQ that he does, he'll exploit that. How are you feeling about Kurt Mann this year? I um I took him in one of my other draft comps just as a, as a centre, just solely when he plays 5'8". There's about 30 points worth of base stats that come there. How do you feel about Mann? He, he's a bit of a punt this year, isn't he? He is a punt. I'm much more on him as a real-life player. I think um, I think he's a great real-life footy player, and he does a job for the Knights, and they love him at the Knights. For Supercoach, I'm not on him at all. I just think he's irrelevant. Um, obviously, if, if Supercoaches were picking teams, Mason Leno would be in there because he's a much better Supercoach player. But for the Knights, in real life, I think he's a perfect fit. At the moment, until Phoenix Crossland comes back, Kurtman's just going to be another great defender, maybe another runner, and Mitch Pearce is just going to run the side, run both edges, and then you're going to have Kalen Ponga um, sort of more running that left edge attack more so than man. So Because Kalen Ponga, he does play very similar to a 5'8", and he'll pop up on that left edge. He loves that left edge. Um, so there you go. You've got that attacking um, prowess on that left edge from Ponga rather than man. So it doesn't really matter. 
A bloke that I've got my eyes on in the Warriors squad is front rower Leeson Armau. I think with a couple of injuries that they've had this year, he's going to really step up this year. I can see him pushing into the 55, 60-point average mark. He's just a hard worker, and there's going to be minutes there for him. What are your thoughts on Armau? Huge on Leeson. I've been huge on Leeson for three years now. I love his PPM. I love his, his work rate. He's got a sneaky offload and a tackle break in him. He just has never got the minutes. Now, with all these injuries, like I said, in, in the pack, could get if he gets 55 minutes, he could get 60 points. I mean, it, if it all works out for Leeson Armour, he is going to be a fantastic pick this year. I, we actually got him, the rubdown got him at pick... 135, so round 14, and that was we were just laughing at that. That was just unbelievable. Great so you. I'm all over him, mate. Now, when I have a look at this Warriors bench, there's obviously uh, the young fellow that played in the Indigenous game, um, JTB, Jermaine Tanua-Brown. Obviously, he's going to be a must-have cheapie for everyone, but I look at this bench, and I think Nicarima and Lawton, it's going to be interesting in five weeks' time when Jazz returns. What? How do you see that all working out? Because they're not going to carry one, two, three. They're not going to carry four hookers once Jazz comes back. It's mind-baffling, isn't it? Like, So you would think with Cody Nicarama at 14, you don't need Carl Lawton because you can bring Cody on and as an impact, impact player at, at nine. Um, so whether they want to use Carl Lawton as a lock a roaming lock coming on and giving Isaiah Papali'i a rest. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it's hard hard to work out. Does Cody come on and give CHT a rest? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I don't really – all it does spell is big minutes for the forwards, that's for sure. Lawton doesn't really scream lock to me, to be honest with you, but I think that's what they're going to have to do with someone there, aren't they? Yeah, it might be that Carl Lawton is just that fill-in spot that Jazz normally takes. Another one to keep your eye on uh, for the Warriors, number 22. He's on the extended bench at the moment, um, Tane Milne. When he, I think eventually he's going to get a start at some point this year. And when he does in that back line, I'm confident he doesn't let go of his spot. And he's a base stat monster down there, isn't he? Very uh, super coach friendly game, Tane Milne. And if he does get a spot, a starting spot at some point this season, he'll be a num- number one waiver claim for sure. Let's move on to the Rabbitohs and Cronulla. Um, two teams that... You know, I had to pick two teams that I think their identity has changed more than anyone over the last two or three years. It's it's South Sydney and Cronulla. You know, they've both lost these inspirational uh, um, forwards that have led their teams around and have led their teams to premierships over the last five or six years. Uh, Sam Burgess, Paul Gallen, Johnny Sutton, Matt Pryor, all these guys gone. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game, but it could be a bit of a strange one with both teams sort of trying to work out their new um, DNA. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, it's it's the question mark game, isn't it? There's a lot of answers um, that we need to get out of this game. For the Bunnies, I mean, we really want to have a good look at that left edge and how that cohesion is there. You've got uh, Jaden Sewer. What sort of minutes is he going to play? What the rotation is for Cameron Murray? Does he play um, some minutes on the edge? And does Ethan Lowe come on and take that edge spot off Cameron Murray. Then Murray moves to lock and Liam Knight goes to the bench. Or does Ethan Lowe just come on and give Thomas Burgess or Totola a rest? Because Lowe can play front row. Uh, what the hell is Alex Johnson doing on the bench? Does he come on and give Latrell Mitchell a rest? Does Mitchell go to the bench? Lots of questions there for the Bunnies, and I'll be watching them very carefully. And for the Sharks, I mean... Their back line is is a bit of a, a, a toss-up at the moment. You don't really know what they're going to do. Josh Morris is obviously not going to be there in three weeks. William Kennedy is a nothing player. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to sort of get a, a gauge on these guys. I won't be punting on this game. I don't know how it's going to go. Um, I'm really interested, interested to see how Jack Williams goes and how many minutes he gets because he's very relevant both in classic and draft. For sure. He's got a big future, Jack Williams. I personally thought that Billy Magulius would get the 13 all off season, but Jack Williams, he's got plenty to offer, doesn't he? He's got some bloody quick leg speed. Oh, big time. And with that bench, you've got Connor Tracy, um, Ueli's a front row, Rudolph is a front row, and then Scott Sorensen is the only back row there. So he could get 55, 60 minutes of that 13. So if he gets that, he's a PPM about one. So 55 to 60 points, and you probably picked him up really late in your draft, and he's pretty cheap as well. So he's going to get you some cash in Classic. Another guy that really excites me in the South Pack, um, you know, all the talk has been around Liam Knight for the last three months. I think Tavita 
Totola is going to have a massive season. I really liked his impact last year, and I think with a starting spot and with 50 or 60 minutes, he's going to be a really relevant super coach player. What are your, things, what are your thoughts on Tavita Totola? Yeah, I do. I do like him. He's he's a big boy, and with only sort of Nichols and Saleh on the bench, he could be up for some big minutes. Thomas Burgess doesn't really play big minutes. So, I mean, all these guys are hovering around that one point um, per minute, and they only need 55 minutes plus to sort of make that work in Supercoach. So, yeah, I like it, man. More tees than a golf club, old Tavita Totola. Yeah, Let's have a don't look. say that quick. Let's have a look at the Panthers-Roosters game, 7.30 out at Penrith. Um, we'll start with Dylan Edwards is out. So Caleb Aikens comes in to replace him. Do you think that we could see Aikens hold on to that one jersey or does Edwards walk back in when he gets it? May strolls back in. Um, he just signed um, a decent deal with the Panthers. I think it was three years. So once he's fit and healthy, he'll just stroll back into that one role, mate. I think the other thing that doesn't help Aikens at all, um, I believe Penrith play the Roosters, Storm, Canberra and Brisbane in the first five weeks. Yeah, tough, tough way to start the season. Um, baptism um, under fire for some of these guys. They're going to have to lift um, and show their worth, that's for sure. There was one guy that I picked in one of my drafts. Um, I got him last pick, and I thought he'd be a little bit of a smoky, is Stephen Crichton. Now, I didn't expect him to be named on the bench, but he's got a spot there. Have you seen much of him? Yeah, um, not a lot. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a head-scratcher, isn't it? Because if he comes on, who goes off? Yeah, that's the exact... I don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, and I mean, when you also consider that there's no one in that back line, like there's not a um, Isaiah Yo that's out there that you'll shove into the into the, um, into the the forwards. So it's a very odd little pick, but I've, I hold Stephen Crichton in high regards. I think he's got that sort of um, Israel Folau body shape, and I think he could really be quite damaging. I don't know where he fits into this side. Um, you know, I'd probably have him there over... Dean Vare at this point of his career, but I think experience holds him in there. Interesting to see how they use him. Another one that stood out to me was Liam Martin in the back row. I'm I'm a huge member of the Liam Martin fan club, but I didn't think he'd get a starting spot until probably next season, to be honest with you. How do you see Martin going? No, I hate it because I'm a James Fisher-Harris owner in one of my other leagues, and yeah, obviously Martin coming in, pushes Yo to lock, and JFH is on the bench. Not great. Um, but he is a great player. He's yeah, he's handy on that edge. I just think maybe he's warming that spot until JFH is sort of raring to go. He didn't have much of a preseason, James Fisher-Harris, and they might be just easing him back in. I had a podcast lined up with James Fisher-Harris, and he messaged me one day and said, mate, I'm going to have to uh, um, push it back because he's just going through so much rehab. And he said he just genuinely didn't have time for it, and it was all getting very stressful. So I sort of read into that as... You know, it's a matter of time till he's back there, but I think his preseason has just been so chaotic that starting on the bench hasn't overly shocked me, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I mean, Ivan's a smart coach, and he he wants the best out of JFH. Obviously, one of their best players last year, so he wants him fit and healthy and and raring to go. Definitely mid season, so I think it's a smart play. Um, just not great for me as I picked him in round four. Uh, one that hurt me in our draft, I I obviously picked. Bateman, who's injured for the first few weeks. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to grab Boyd Cordner around round 12, and then I can just plug him there and get 50 points off him. He's not fucking named in round one. Yeah, you, like I said, mate, you picked eight players who have injury concerns. So that's just how you rolled in your draft. I mean, he's got no knees, Cordner. He, he won't play every game this season, but when he does play, he's very, very solid. Well, it's, it's hard to sort of get a, a gauge on the Roosters at the moment. I mean... Yeah, Orbo's in there. Um, I thought Nat Butcher would have got a start um, in the back row uh, with Cordner out, but that didn't happen. So, mate, Morris comes in. Where does Angus Crichton go? Does he take over Orbo's spot? Does Orbo go back to the bench? A lot of questions there at the Roosters. I would have thought with Cordner being out, if Angus Crichton was going to be an 80-minute back rower, he would have played in the back row um, this week, and they would have found someone else to plug at centre. It's not great signs for a- Angus Crichton from where I'm sitting. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, I would have thought that out of Angus Crichton and Mitchell Orbison, the guy that plays centre is Orbo because he's played the position before. So, and they didn't go that way. Um, it's it's strange because 
I think that combination, you would rather have Crichton in the back row and Orbo at centre. That works out better for the team rather than this experiment that really looked like shit in the World Club Challenge. Being Orbison owner, I'm very excited because I think that Orbison now is going to be defending with Kyle Flanagan on that edge. And I think that they're trying to build that combination to help Flanagan come into first grade. And I think that if they... You know, if they were going to play Angus Crichton there at some point, he would have been there now, getting that combination ready with the young fella that's that's new to the team. So as an Orbison Omar, I'm very confident he's going to hold that spot now. He's he's Mr. Fixit Orbo, isn't he? Like, and they love him. Not not great super coach wise. His game doesn't translate as well as it should to super coach, but real life, he is one of those players that every team needs. Let's jump over to Manly versus Storm, Battle of Brookie. The thing that excites me here, obviously, is the two fullbacks going head-to-head. Tommy Turbo, Ryan Pappenhausen. Who gets the chockies in that battle? Look, um, I hate Manly. Um, I'm a North Sydney Bears fan from way back, so I have to hate Manly. But I think Tom Travojevic will will get will get the chockies over Ryan Pappenhausen, I think. Get me wrong, Pappenhausen is a great talent. Um, I just think this year... Uh, defense will be on him and they'll be on him quick. And with that small frame, I don't think he's going to be breaking a lot of tackles. I think his main game, Ryan Pappenhausen, is his support play. If you saw him in the trials, he supports every single fucking run. He's behind every run. So throughout the year, he'll be collecting little offloads and making those sprints up the middle of the field um, and he'd be hard to catch once he's going. But as for his play in the back line or coming out of his own 20, I don't expect much from him. Whereas Tom Dravojevic, he's everything. He's the complete package. Um, He can take the hit-ups. He's a big body and his ball playing is superb. So look, Tom Dravojevic stays healthy. He's one of the best in the game. One, One or two. It's out of him and Teddy. I think this matchup for Pappenhausen is a bit of a train wreck. Uh, Manly are just so good around the middle of the ruck and they slow the play down so much. And they, I think Melbourne are going to struggle to get those offloads away uh, the way that Manly defends. So I'm not expecting huge things from Ryan Pappenhausen in the first game, but you're right. Tommy Turbo, he's just, he's matchup proof, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, and Lil Puppy, he would hope to God that if he makes a break that George Tafua isn't tracking him because George Tafua will fucking eat little puppy. Could be Red Rover early, couldn't it? That, that'll be it. That'll be that'll be it. Medically retired. Sorry. It was. Uh, it's interesting to see AFB and Jake Travojevic both named. Uh, you know, we were told to prepare for injuries there. Um, both are here round one. So if you're an owner of those fellas, it's a big win, isn't it? Big time. Um, don't expect the world from them. Uh, I think they'll be pretty slow starters for the year, just getting back used to that heavy contact, um, their defense work, stuff like that. But, mate, in two, three, four weeks, they'll be humming. Um, the interesting one for me is Martin Tapao. I think he gets a bump up in minutes. If you're a Martin Tapao owner, that this is great trade bait value. So he'll have a very sexy average in the first three or four weeks of the season and then just trade him. Trade him when he's high. That'll be the highest average he'll have for the year because then, of course, Aiden Fanul Blake will start stealing more minutes. Jake Travojevic, I just had a stroke. Um, will be starting to play more minutes and take and command more of the ball. So, mate, Kapow, great trade value. It's a pretty average bench for those front rowers, isn't it? Oh, mate. Phew. about it? I mean, Lachlan Croker, I can't believe he gets a start, to be honest. Yeah, it's a weird pick. I, I Is, is Cade Cust injured, is he? He must be. He has to be. I'm all, I'm all over Cade Cust. He's I'd the best 5'8 of the start. club. Yeah, I'd have him at six, and, mate, Dylan Walker, if he doesn't make the centres, left right out. See you later, mate. Another bloke that excites me is on the bench for Melbourne, Harry Grant. I love this bloke. I think he's a top five hooker in the game before he's played in the game. I just think his talent is exceptional. Um, I ended up drafting him really early in one of my other draft comps. All the other hookers went, and I went, you know what, I'm just going to punt on Grant, hopefully getting that trade to the Tigers. And if he does, I've got a top three, possibly, hooker in Supercoach. So I've taken a big punt on him, and I'm really excited that we get to see him in round one. Hopefully, he pushes the Tigers to make that change. How do you feel about Grant? I mean, yeah, you've said it all there. He's a very talented um, hooker, and even Cameron Smith, and Brandon Smith have said they're better hookers than them. They've actually come out and said he he plays the position better, which is a big call. 
Um, I'm just interested to see what happens here with Grant. Um, does he come on and play hooker and Smith goes to first receiver or does he come on and be a bit of a roving lock sort of play? It's going to be interesting to see how they use him. I think he comes on and just sort of roams and Bellamy just says to him, hey, just go and play footy. Yeah, I think that's the guy. It's you're going to be hard pressed to sort of move Cameron Smith out of that that hooking role. Last game of the week: Dragons versus the Tigers. Uh, Dragons. We've got Lomax playing fullback. How do you see him going this year? He came to my team's footy presentation about eight weeks ago, and my God, he's a big human. Yeah, it's look if you look at his trial performances, he had one absolute blinder and one just shocker. So it's you can't take much out of his performances there. I love him. He's goal-kicking. Uh, he can be a bit of a base beast in in certain games. There was one game last year, I think he got 44 points in just pure raw base. So could could be a bit of a, you know working into the position and sort of finding his feet, but I think he will be a great player for the Dragons. And if if you've got him in your, in your centres, that's great because he's kicking goals. I love him. I think this week, um, the, the left side for the Dragons, Piera and Braden Villiarmi. I wasn't huge on Villiarmi, but I watched him play in the trial, and I was I was really impressed, to be honest with you. He um, He's not the sort of footballer that I thought he was. He, he, he looked really good. But I think them up against the right side of the Tigers, Marshall, Luciano Leilua, Joseph Leilua, David Nofaluma, that's an Oztag uh, right edge in defense, isn't it? Oh, man. Um, and you hit the nail on the head, so... Jordan Pereira, yeah, although he is a, a great base um, player in attack, he's quite terrible in defense and he does come in a lot, rush in. So I can see him rushing uh, Joey Leilua because Willie Army isn't going to handle Joey Leilua. So he's going to need help. Pereira is going to rush in. You're going to see that sweet, sexy offload from Joey. And Nofo is going to score three tries. This game could finish 40 all with every single try being scored down that corridor, couldn't it? Yeah, big time. Yeah, I love the Tigers in this one. I think you can get two two bucks for Tigers, um, and that's double your money. You take that all, all day, every day. So Tigers for me in this one, and, and that right edge to just blow up. I had um, in my 14-man draft comp, I got to about round eight, and Luciana Leilua was still sitting there, and I thought, fuck, he's been sitting there too long. It's probably worth a punt. So I took him. Then it got round to me on, on the next round, and... Joey Leilua was sitting there, and I thought, fuck, there's no point putting a toe in the pool. So I dived straight in. I've gone with both Leilua brothers in one of my draft comps, and I'm equally yeah. excited as I am shitting myself. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, um, they love to play together. Um, they've got very similar games. Got nice offloads, pretty good footwork at the line. And you could pretty much say that if one is going to have a good game, so is the other. Um, I think someone in, in the Draft Legends League got – Leilua and No Faluma. I think that was physio, NRL physio. And I don't mind that either. I think that's a great combo. Lay, what will we call them? Leiluma. 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 So, yeah, because one's having a big game, the other one's going to have a big game. They definitely, their defense worries me beyond belief. Um, to be honest oh, with you, it shocks fun. me that Michael Maguire has picked this right edge. Uh, it seems very unlike Michael Maguire, but I mean, You've you've got to pick what you've got in front of you. So hopefully they've sorted out their defense. But I must say I am far from confident. Oh, there's going to be some massive brain explosions in defense. Both Nofo and Leilua cannot read the defense at all. They'll be that. I don't, I'll be surprised to see them make a cohesive, correct decision all year. Does Lucy Leilua play eighty minutes? Don't think so. I don't think so. I think he gets. I think he gets a solid 60, and I think just Madge tells him, just go out there, play hard, play fast, and do what you can in attack, and then we'll give you a rest. The Tigers' extended bench could quite possibly be the best in the league. Cheekham, Oliver Clark, Eisenhuth, and Momorowski. Like, Cheekham, Eisenhuth, Momorowski, there's three really quality footballers that I thought they would almost surely be in the starting um, 17. Well, I would start all of them. I'd, I'd have Matt Eisenhuth at 13, 100%. And I'm guessing that Momorowski is injured. That surely is the only reason why he's not playing. Hopefully he's uh, packing his bag as we speak. Yeah, well, that could be the case as well. Um, and that works beautifully for the blokes that have picked up um, Harry Grant like yourself because he'll just walk on into that nine spot and uh, he'll punt Billy, Billy Walters out of there. 
we look at the Dragons bench. They've got Trent Merrin on their bench. How, how many minutes do you see him getting? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to sort of get a read on it. It all depends on the minutes that Tyson Frizzell and Tarek Sims play. So if they both play eighty, you'd expect Blake Lowry to get maybe fifty. So, man, I don't see him getting more than fifty. Trent Merrin, you got Billy Britton, Jacob Host, and Fui Maono on the bench, and they can all play back rows. So, yeah, it doesn't look great for Trent Merrin. I think he could just come on um, as an impact player. He's the sort of player that hypes up the game. So if if the game's sort of going through a bit of a lull and the Dragons aren't doing much in attacking, come on, um, hit the line at pace, a couple of offloads, get their attack humming again, and then go off. Who do you tip in that game? Who do you like? Just man, Tigers. I think yeah, I think that two dollars is 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 a sure thing. I think that I think they beat the Dragons. The Dragons' defense really worries me, and it's not just on one edge. I think, um, I think they leak a lot of points. Uh, they got a lot of attack in them, but I just think the defense is is subpar. And with those attacking weapons that the Tigers have, they'll they'll do do a job on the Dragons. I think. I think um, just before we finish up, my you know my tip always in round one is if there's any game that is the best one to lose the entire year, it's round one in draft comps. You go to the you go to the top of the waiver, and then you've got the option of anything that happens this week. Guys that jump out, guys that get injured. It's it's my favorite um, loss of the year to take. How do you feel about that strategy? Well, if if your waiver setup is um, reverse ladder, then that that'll work. Um, our draft legends is actually last pick to bottom. So it doesn't really work that way. But You're kidding. Oh, yeah, Christ. Okay, that hurts. Glad I've got half of the <laughs> um, hospital in my side. Good. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I love the punts you've taken in your side. I mean, eight players who have injury concerns. You've got Turbo with his hammy, Bateman with his shoulder, Tavega ankle. You've got Bird coming back first year from ACL. Moise is a dead set joke. He's got hammies, calf, heartledge, the whole bit. Burns, hammies, Corden has no knees, and Alex Glenn's starting to get a hammy twinge. It's the year of value, my friend. They're coming oh, good. Oh, baby. It's going to be a big your, year. You, your team should be the, the heart attack gurus. Sponsored by Band-Aids. Love it. Big time. Big time. I love it, though. Punts. You are a punting man, and I love it. Love a punt. Mate, it's been a pleasure having you on again. Uh, look forward to hearing from you next week when we dive into round two and we can uh, run through how our draft teams went in week one. So good, mate. Keep up the good work. Enjoy, mate. Enjoy the footy this weekend. I'll catch you next week. You too, brother. See See you, brother. Thanks for tuning in to the Rugby League Guru podcast once again. Uh, If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe. Uh, Stay tuned tomorrow. We've got a special podcast with the NRL physio. Uh, If you don't already follow him on all your social medias and you're a Supercoach fan or just a footy fan in general, make sure you get around him. Um, We have about a 30-minute podcast tomorrow where he just talks through every single injured player that has any relevance to anything in the NRL and Supercoach. Have a little bit of a dive on each of those players. So it's one that uh, will come in handy especially for your super coach players. You want to know all this injury information. Um, as we were recording, the Jack Bird news broke. So he's had a deep dive into that, uh, which might be old news by the time you hear it. But uh, interesting to listen to how uh, the NRL physio goes from, you know, seeing a picture online to his diagnosis that we all take as gospel, essentially. Uh, look forward to that. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember to kick to corners and always play smart footy. Smart footy.